Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. And a happy new year to you as well, listener, and a happy new year, Rob Blanchett. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. Happy new year to you and to all of our listeners and viewers. Not doing too badly. The morning after the night before, Manchester United win 3-0. I think we're all a little bit happy about that. Is that consecutive 3-0 wins at home? It might be. this whole winning lark is strange, isn't it? No, like, I'm not know, used like to win, it. Winning game after game, like you know, I I know we, uh, we lived through periods of immense success at Manchester United, but it's still now in this period, you still kind of think, when are the wheels going to fall off? Are they going to fall off? But all of the signs are very, very good. So today is going to be an incredibly positive show. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm feeling positive uh, about Manchester United at the moment. A 3-0 win over Bournemouth on uh, Tuesday night. There were some signs in the second half where they just, they kind of let go a little bit, let's say. They gave up a few chances. But when you have Eric Ten Hag coming out afterwards and saying, I wasn't happy with that, and they've won 3-0, you know that this guy isn't going to let it go. Uh, so United have had false dawns in the past. They've had managers who've won stuff in the past. Uh, but we'll be assessing today because Man United are nine points behind Premier League leaders Arsenal on the same points. They could technically, I'm just putting this out there, we are recording this before Chelsea versus Man City. If Man City don't win on Thursday and Man United win their next game, Man United will be above Man City, who people think are the best team in the world in the Premier League on the same games. So let's see. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this 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 podcast, I believe, is titled Are Man United in a Title Race? So that's what we're going to be discussing today. I'm not getting ahead of myself, but we have to, you know, make it nice and... We need to get people to listen, I guess, Rob, right? Yeah, like I, th- I think it's one of these things. We can talk about gossip and news and bits of transfer stuff that we know about, you know, till we're blue in the face. And we will continue to do all of that while people tune in for it. But 
we want to talk, don't we, about the brighter side. Like you said, this, this podcast is called The Promised Land for a reason. And it was about can Manchester United one day take themselves back to the promised land? And that obviously that famous phrase from the treble season. So that's kind of our, our shtick. That's kind of where we want to be. And hey, like you just said there, Manchester City, the best team in the known universe. You know, that everyone thinks is the best team ever. Well, if Man United had had a slightly better start and hadn't got hammered at places like Brentford, Man United would be above City and could still go above City in the weeks ahead. So I think the question, whether people believe it or not or want to talk about it or not, is pretty valid. Of Are United in a title race? Because they're up there and they're up there on merit. So credit to Eric Ten Hag, like you just said there, for a manager to say he wasn't happy after a 3-0 result, I love that. That's what I want. I want the standards to be so high that you can nitpick on a 3-0 and go, we won 3-0. You shouldn't be particularly happy about it. You should just get on with your jobs and go on to the next day. But of course, we are happy about it because it's so much better than what we saw over the previous 12 months. Just on Ten Hag, we haven't done a show, Rob, obviously, since United have won at Wolves in this time as well. Mm. And Marcus Rashford for that game was dropped because he slept late and missed a team meeting. And then he came back, scored yep. the winner in that game and scored again against Bournemouth. This is the kind of thing that we, we want to see. And we'll discuss, I'm not going to give you my answer yet. We'll discuss if Man United are in the title race in today's show. <laughs> you can subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify and the likes and watch us. We should be back to normal now twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, but it, we're recording on a Wednesday today because we left it until after United had played uh, Bournemouth to see what the result would be. Head over to the YouTube channel as well, please. Uh, hit the like button, subscribe, join the community on that video and leave a comment for us too there. And uh, the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform and Twitter as well. Get us there at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise and MU for the show as well. Today, we'll be talking about the Bournemouth game. We'll be talking about the standouts. We'll be talking about if Man United are in a title race, um, reasons why or why not. Uh, we'll also do some transfer talk as well towards the end of the show. Jack Butland uh, being targeted for a loan deal uh, to replace Martin Dubravka, who's gone back to Newcastle. Uh, his loan has been terminated. Uh, so United need a backup goalkeeper. Apparently Tom Heaton is not enough. And we'll talk Marcus Chiram and Joe Felix as well. And just generally about whether United will sign a striker in the January transfer window, which is open. Let's go to the Bournemouth game, Rob, because that puts United in fourth joint with Newcastle, who've played a game more. Uh, the goal difference is the thing that's still holding United back. I think it's plus seven or something like that. Mm. But that was zero a few weeks ago. So, you yeah. know, this is uh, it's picking up a little bit. What were your takeaways from the Bournemouth win? I think that my, my kind of overall takeaway from it is that there is now a kind of positive expectation that United just go and get these jobs done against these teams, which is how it should be. And that's how it always was. But let's not pretend that it's always been like that in the last 12 months. It hasn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. So even going back to like the, the Jose period and the Ole period and obviously the Ranić period, there was looking at those, those kind of performances. This was the kind of game that you thought before, might lose this. This might be a little banana skin because we simply are not effective enough both on the ball and off it. Somebody now, tweeted me last night that, that had vibes of Sheffield United before the game. Remember that mm. game where it was at Old Trafford, Sheffield United 1-2-1? Yeah. 
late night kickoff, you know. All of these things, it's raining, so the players might, you know, their hair might be out of place, might not be able to do the job on the night, whatever. It's it's one of those games where Man United, with teams outside, as I used to call it, like the, the top four, so like the bottom 16, any team in the bottom 16, Man United could lose to. And that was a kind of regular occurrence, wasn't it, for a long time? But I do think that already now with Ten Hag, and I think this is one of the biggest compliments you can pay him, is that the standard is is, is elevated so high to that that the players totally understand that they don't get a night off anymore. You, you don't. So this is the kind of game after a World Cup, after you know Christmas festivities, New Year's come and gone, that you might have a bad performance. And even in the Fergie days, the, the post-New New Year's Day performance was always a little bit iffy. Like, you used to lose these games. I remember being at Old Trafford as a child and losing 4-1 to QPR. I remember that, like, as a, as a young boy, stood in the Stratford End going... Why did I bother coming here today? Because United didn't bother turning up. So, you know, in QPR, I think it was Bailey scored a hat-trick and it was a horrible day. But that was what United used to do after New Year. Now we're seeing, I think, a different kind of standards in the modern day under Ten Hag, that he's got the players motivated. And this was with a rotated side, Scott. So this is what that I like. with Solskjaer's it. back four. Of course, Solskjaer's back four. But also, when the team sheet came out, I was thinking... Ah, this this now feels like a proper banana skin because is the narrative going to be when Maguire came back and Lindelof was there and Anthony was injured and, as you said, the, the, the fallout from before from Rashford being disciplined? Is there going to be problems here, down here, with all these changes? No, no, change, no, no problems at all. United did the business. Didn't play particularly well. I think they played OK in patches. But I think 3-0 was reflective of what the result should have been. It should have been more as well, really. And it and could have been a lot more. So this is this is the whole thing about why I think during this January transfer window, we will still be talking about strikers and forwards and Gakpo-like players because United still do need to add goals in some capacity, whether you go for a top-line striker now or in the summer or whether you go for a, a player like Marcus Turam who is available on the market and available at a relatively budget price. Yeah, we'll talk about Turam in a little bit. There were some really outstanding performances again. Uh, I think, like, we talk about Casemiro a lot. There are times where he gets bypassed because he's not yeah. the fastest and he, he looks like he's trailing a little bit. That's one thing that can probably be worked on as the structure of the midfield comes together a little bit more. I don't think, I still don't yeah. think, as good as Christian Eriksen is doing, I still don't think it's the optimal fit for that position. And we said that on this this program a number of times. But what Casemiro does bring, set-piece threat. That's two set-piece goals he scored now. He scored at Chelsea as well. Uh, and just so much experience and know-how and calm. And just, we had, we had, there were some concerns about the signing. But goodness me, he's good, isn't he? <laughs> so good. So good. And and it is, it's one of these things, isn't it? Like you want, you want players to be perfect, don't you? You want them to have all the attributes have all the skill sets to make all the right decisions all the time. Casemiro is not exactly old, but we was talked, didn't we, at the start of the season about he is aging. It's a big contract for a guy who maybe is on his last deal, etc., etc. I think what you see with Casemiro, again, talk about standards, is that he's taking the standard here and the expectation, and he's taking it to out of my screenshot here. It's it's going that way, and the fact is that Ericsson, as you said, might not be the optimal choice but he fits Casemiro. That's the truth. So it's kind of like, how do you make these pieces all work together? 
you know, I didn't think Bruno Fernandes was particularly good last night, but Bruno's involved in important moments, helps you and you win the football match. You win it 3-0, you get a clean sheet. So there's nothing really to moan about in that context. It's only when you're losing games or it's not working. So I would like to see maybe Ericsson further up the pitch at some point, you know, just to see what he can do up there. But overall, you're looking at that midfield, it's much more balanced than it's been for a long time. And yeah, Casemiro isn't the quickest, but he plays with his brain. It's almost like a midfield Teddy Sheringham. Yeah, so Teddy Sheringham on the cover of our uh, our Promised Land podcast on our on our photograph, obviously from the treble year and from the winning European Cup. And he played the game at his pace. And I think that's what Casemiro does. He just kind of assesses what's around him and positions himself in the right place. He's been sensational, hasn't he? And there's no doubt that if you can keep Casemiro fit, then you've always got a chance in every football match. Why can't Casemiro, I think he's across his career been better than this player. Why can't Casemiro be Man United's Fernandinho for the next five years? A hundred percent. And 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 he's as you say, he's better than Fernandinho. Like when when Pep went to City, I remember having a chat to someone about Fernandinho, and we were saying at the time about how he was gone. That was it, it's finished. And I remember a couple of people saying, Oh, it just depends if he develops. Well, what did he do? He took everything on board, changed his game, became that kind of player. You know, he you look at Casemiro, and I think Casemiro's adaptation to the Premier League is massively impressive. Because to go from from La Liga in that pace to this pace and now look comfortable with it and look like you're dictating, that shows you're a world-class player. You know, that really does. doesn't matter how many European Cups you've got, how many Champions Leagues you've got in the locker. It's about what you're doing now. And this was always the debate around the likes of, say, Ronaldo at the end of his career, isn't it? About how long can you eke it all out? Well, Casemiro could certainly be Manchester United's number six, not just this season, but way beyond. Yeah. Uh, Luke Shaw as well is another mm. player I had noted down. Just looks like there's good Luke Shaw and there's bad Luke Shaw. This is very good Luke Shaw. His hair you looks know. great. Yeah, it's the, it's the hair, isn't it? Of course. It's always we, the hair. It's also so Luke Shaw, when he brushes his hair, he means business. <laughs> when it's scruffy and all over the place, you know you're not getting anything out of him for 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, totally. Look, Luke Shaw, I think, played brilliantly at centre-back during that little stint for two games. And that is because Luke Shaw can defend. People say that he can't. A lot of people get on his back. But he's actually a really natural defender. He's relatively quick, positioned really good. He's decent at tracking. You know, he reads the game. But you saw with his goal uh, against Bournemouth that that is what Luke Shaw gives you. He can take the ball from one end of the pitch to the other. If you give him the lane to drive in, he's gone. And once he got that ball across, I was really happy that he kept going into the box. Because yeah. that's what fullbacks stop doing. Fullbacks get there, pass it and go, done my job and I'm off again. But you know what, Luke Shaw, you can see what you get from the left side. We obviously saw Delow return last night as well. But Aaron Wambasaka is mm. now a serious footballer again. And Aaron Wambasaka is doing things that I've never seen him do. The positions United. he's occupying is, I can't get my head around it. It's, I'm it's playing so one team in the middle. <laughs> he, he, he's like, you know, we talk about the inverted fullback and about what the, you know, the Cancello role as it's become, you know, about how a fullback used to hold the width, overlap a bit backwards and forwards. And that was their job. And now Cancello's kind of changed that, comes inside, becomes a midfielder. I never thought I could see Aaron Mabasaka doing any of that. It just wasn't good enough. And yet that's what we've seen from him. He's able to come inside, join the play and be accurate with his pass, Scott. This is a shocking thing. You know, he actually plays really smart football with his feet at the moment. David De Gea is playing smart football with his feet. Like I know he's saving the ball, but last night you saw David De Gea 
was absolutely on it with that passing metronome from the back to feet, 30 yards, bang, 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 pop, pop, pop. No, like, I'm going to take six touches. It was all done with smooth coaching values. And that's what I love about it. So these players that we criticise and have criticised, Luke Shaw is one of them, they're all showing under this manager that it's like they've got high ceilings. And this is why Man United might be potentially in a title race. I'm laughing. We can't help but if, laugh, if, if, can if, we? If, you, if, you're, if you're only listening to this on an audio platform, that was me just <laughs> chuckling quietly. Uh, I don't know if you picked it up on the mic. But a couple of things. We talked before... Well, when, when Ralph Ranjit came in, actually, mm. we talked about how United need a coach. And we've talked for years about how Ollie, as, as big a legend as he is at Man United, is not an elite coach. Talked about Jose Mourinho before that, who, great coach, but he's not, he doesn't work with players who, the, the modern generation, let's just, let's just say that. He's very hard-nosed, he knows exactly what he wants. He'll call you out if you're not doing your job, and it's damaging. You see how he deals with, let, let me compare, for example, when Jose Mourinho dropped a player, or oh, he called out Luke Shaw, remember, yeah. for not having a brain. Luke Shaw's got a brain. The way that Ten Hag deals with the Rashford issue and it's brushed under the carpet straight away and it works and it's fixed like that compared to how somebody like Mourinho did night and day. United players and this squad, I've been saying it all last year, this these this squad of players are not as bad as they are showing mm. under Ralph Rangnick and under Solskjaer. They are not as bad. I know they've had a few signings and they've made a big difference, but to get a tune out of Wan-Bissaka to put Luke Shaw playing probably the, some of the best football of his career at the moment to get Marcus Rashford singing and scoring again. He's their top scorer. He looks different. Marcus Rashford looks like he's just developed this cold edge. It, it even summed up in this new celebration he's got. I don't know what it is. Do, do you know, Rob? Uh, but it's just, it's like, okay, it is clicked with him that I know I'm a big deal. And I'm going to start delivering. And here's my celebration to go with it. Do you know what I mean? And totally. <laughs> totally. And look, this is this is the whole thing about when you have a squad and whether it fails or whether it succeeds. Vast majority of football squads fail in, in general, like over time. Very few squads go on to win titles and championships. It's just that's the truth. It's just about what can you eke out of them? Like you just said there about Ole and about Ranić. The reason why I was pleased with Ranić coming to the club was it's quite clear that United needed a strategist. Someone that could go, right, this is all really bad. Cut that out of the body and put this into it. But of course, we know with Ralph that, that he was never given that chance. There's still people yeah, at United yeah. and around United and journalists around the football club who will say to me, oh, Ralph Ranick was really bad for Man United. No, I don't think so. I think Ralph Ranick paved the way for this new coach because mm -hmm. Ralph came in and was really honest, both with the players and with the, um, the upstairs management, he really was. He was like, this is what you've got and this is what you need to go and get. So this is kind of the position that I think that Ten Hag took the club over on. I think what you've seen with Ten Hag, discipline isn't a four-letter word. It's not a problem. But when you take Jose's discipline and say Ten Hag's discipline, it is night and day. Mm -hmm. So Jose Mourinho, I would be sat there in those presses sometimes, would insult the players and would belittle them and would kind of almost spit in their faces and you would be like, not quite sure this is the way to manage these lads. It's not what they need. Luke Shaw, 
got absolute pelters from Mourinho. Yet here we are moving on two, three years on down the line. And I think Luke Shaw is one of the more essential players at Man United and, and is fighting for a new contract and is now playing centre-back and is running down the wing and is showing that he can score goals and he's, he's a valued member. So it's horses for courses sometimes. Like again, I've had lots of people tweeting me going, what is the actual difference that Ten Hag's doing to Mourinho? Because I can't see it. Well, if you can't see it, you weren't looking. You aren't looking. No, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're not seeing what this manager's doing, when, when Marcus Rashford oversleeps, Marcus Rashford deserves to be disciplined. Yeah? Marcus Rashford needs to be told, you're not bigger than the team, get your ass out of bed, get to your team meeting. If you're not in your team meeting, you don't play. And it's finished. Can you, can you imagine another manager had done that? Can you imagine Ralph Rannick had done that? And the fallout. What the, the difference is how Ten Hag has managed, come in, manages whatever Ranić did. He kind of egos like out the window. That was that was like the first step, getting the egos yeah. out the window. Ten Hag's had to do a lot of fixing of those problems, but they needed to be brought to the surface in order to be fixed in the first place. And this victory over Ronaldo, as much as like we want to, you think Ronaldo might be the greatest player in the world, is now playing in Saudi Arabia, so he's obviously not. The fact that he's won that battle. And can now do this to Man United's currently one of their best players in Marcus Rashford, their top scorer in the league. And it, for it to be a non-issue within 45 minutes, 60 minutes. Absolutely. Uh, a winning cures everything. So the fact that you won the game, Rashford comes off the bench, scores the goal, does help. You know, like sometimes situations can conspire against you. So if you lose that game, of course he'd have had a mountain of pressure on his back. But I also think that Ten Hag doesn't feel those things. I think Ten Hag just goes, this is my club. This is my team. I make those decisions. I don't really care what the press think or the fans. It's up to me to maintain discipline. So Marcus Rashford came straight out afterwards and was completely straight. It was like, laughing yeah, it was wrong. It. Yeah, laughing. He was like, it's true. It's wrong. I shouldn't have done it. You know, we've talked about Jaden Sancho over previous weeks and months. So is he someone who has chronic timekeeping issues? And he got taken out of the team and he's had to go and train away. Now he's back. So that's the right thing to show all the players that like things like poor timekeeping, it's just not acceptable. Not at this level. Not if you want to win titles, yeah? Pep wouldn't take it. Klopp wouldn't take it. No top manager would take it. So why should Eric Ten Hag or Manchester United? So I, I love all that because I think that they're the little seeds before. Like we used to talk about Fergie's discipline. Fergie used to have all of that, his big cobweb at Old Trafford and know every tiny edge of that cobweb what are you getting served dinner-wise? Who's driving the bus today? What's the hotel arrangement? He knew everything. Eric Ten Hag is very similar. Eric Ten Hag is about the devil in the detail. And I don't know if you've seen him on the touchline, Scott, with his, they, they showed it the other day with his little kind of like his uh, map with all the players on it and all of this. And he sits there <laughs> and he kind of slowly moves them yeah. around. Yeah. Because he's analysing the game. It's a very old school way of doing it. But he's got the whole team, not his his team. Quite often, you'll have your 11 on there and not the others, but he's got like a whole football match going on on his lap. No iPads, all old school. I like that. I think that's the way to do it. And I think you can show players that you're as invested as they are. So really good stuff. Uh, just to mention there about Marcus Rashford to have capped that off. Casemiro was interviewed last week. Yeah, Casemiro, this, yeah. yeah, Casemiro said, you know, the, one of my biggest surprises about coming to Manchester United is Marcus Rashford. Because I knew he was good, I didn't know he was this good. And he was like, what I'm seeing from Marcus Rashford, if he carries on doing this, he will be, I think he said, one of the top, top five, five players in the world. Top five. <laughs> That's Casemiro. That's that. Casemiro. This is a guy who's played for exactly. Real Madrid. 
I don't think Casemiro jokes around. I think Casemiro is pretty straight with how he, how he assesses stuff. But for him to say that, I, I think he believes that. And I think we believe that. We've always waited for this from Marcus. And now he's got to maintain it and push on. He can't just score a few, have a streaky run, and then that's that. He's got to take United up the table because as it stands, he is Manchester United's primary goal scorer. He looks colder to me. Like, he looks there's colder. just something different about him. Yeah, he looks... Do you know, I think it's got to a point where because... Like good times and bad times. Like again, Ferg used to say losing teaches you more than winning. United lost a lot of football games in the last year. And I think a lot of these boys have learned a lot from that. I think they do. They don't like to lose. They don't want to lose. They don't want to go home and feel like they are failures. I think Marcus Rashford's got to the point where he knows that he can affect games on his own mm, with what he yeah. does. And you're right. He is colder. He looks like he, he wants to be in the centre of the box more. He doesn't want to hide on the touchline. I think last year and under Ranić. He was doing that on the wing, on the touchline. Footwork, skills. Doing doing the counter-press boss, but not really. You know, just standing there. And now you're seeing that there's energy in his play, but also energy in other players around him. It's got to be collective, isn't it, Scott? I always say that again. If you've got one player playing well, it it does kind of knock on to the next. And eventually you can get to a point where you're dominating matches or at least expecting to win them. So, title of the show... Are Man United in the title race? Man United are nine points behind Arsenal in the Premier League after 17 games. Also worth remembering, by the way, I know we're in January and we've just started the new year, but we've had 17 games this Mm. season. We're not even at the halfway stage of this season. Yep. United have lost four games, but they lost their first two. Was it they'd lose their first two? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was. And they Eric were 10 days. Eric 10 Eric days. 10 days. Eric 10 weeks. I tweeted this last night. Remember they were calling him Eric 10 weeks? Yeah. Like United are now, the, the aim is top four. And I think the way that Tottenham are looking, the way that Chelsea are looking, Liverpool aren't perfect. United are seven points ahead of Liverpool. Newcastle will be there, I think. Man City, you'd expect to kick on. And I think they're still everyone, they're still most people's favourites for the league, especially after Arsenal dropped points. But United are nine points behind Arsenal after 17 games. If Man City don't beat Chelsea, I think they will, by the way. If Man City don't beat Chelsea, Man City will be maximum two points ahead of United. And Man United's next game is at home to Manchester City. And... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sign up. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know, I don't know. It'd be a great test. The next two Premier League matches for United are fantastic tests of their metal and their progress because they play Man City at home and they play Arsenal away. Arsenal have won every game barring last night at home this season. And that is pretty much as difficult as it gets at the moment, these next two games. But you go in thinking there's an element of, all right, I know what I'm getting out of this United team. And yes, we might lose these games or might lose one of them or something like that. But there's a there's a standard that these lads now have to meet. And I think that has changed since the City 6-3. Definitely. They've conceded... We said this off here. I can't remember whether I said it on here. They have not conceded a goal at Old Trafford in the Premier League since Arsenal. That is a long time ago because I was there that day. That's a long time ago. Uh, So, Rob, are Man United in the title race? What a question, eh? Because it's not even something we would have thought about not too long ago. I look at it like this. Uh, you look at the fixtures coming up. I think that Man City, that derby match at Old Trafford is is key because it's not far away. But I think United could go into that game feeling relatively good about themselves and comfortable about how they're playing and their standards. And I actually think they play better against better teams. Mm. I think there's the chance of the counter-press is always a lot more prevalent against possession sides like City. So you've got a chance of winning that game. But more than that, and especially how the season started off, to even be in the same breath as Manchester City at this moment of the season into a new year. Yes, Arsenal have outperformed everyone. I felt Arsenal were title contenders last year. I thought that's where they would be this year. I think they're proving that. But Arsenal are absolute proof that if you get it right and you can get some consistency, good things can happen for you. So United only have to follow, Scott, that path. So are they title contenders? Well, the simple answer to that is, even though it feels like it's a no, statistically it's very much a yes of course they are because I think you know you've only got to look at how teams have maybe won titles in the past you know in the last say 10 years that haven't been Manchester City and haven't been Liverpool let's look at Leicester how did Leicester win it Leicester just did it by carrying on and grinding on every week win a game 1-0 2-0 2-1 get three points Man United look 
like they're learning that. They're learning that performances are important. Winning points is much more important. Yes, that's how you've got to find it. So I think that when you look at City, if I'm Pep Guardiola or a City fan, I would be really concerned that they've got the best striker in the known universe up top and they're not running away with the title. And in fact, they're decidedly worse than they were last year. And that might tell you a little bit about tactics and formation, because I do think that those things affect you when you have a striker that just scores goals in the mm. modern game. So United have to look at that. So I think with Ten Hag, the, the expectation hasn't changed, Scott. Top four. That is the, the aim. Get top four this year. And I think you can build into the Champions League next year. You can invest more. Get rid of these owners. Get new owners. Work the bills. Find a way to buy better players. And you move on. Yeah, that's kind of the pathway for United. But in terms of now, like the current regime and what's going on, you're in a good place. You've put yourself there. And it's on the players and it's on the manager. So this is why I think they're going to feel good about it. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's still players to come back into the team. You know, you look at Martinez, who just won a World Cup, got his moment of glory at Old Trafford last night, walking out on the pitch with the whole stadium singing Argentina, Argentina. That guy is going to run through brick walls for you from now. He knows it, yeah? He feels it. He's connected to Old Trafford. There are players like that, I think, that are developing. I think like Martial, you see, coming back to form and fitness, just gives you a better fluid option than Ronaldo at top. Garnacho giving you minutes. Sancho is going to come back. I think Sancho is going to be really good. I I've think heard... he, like, yeah. Like, I, I think... I, he's back at Old Trafford. He's back at Carrington now. And there's a lot of positivity around him again. People are like, yeah, get in there. He'll be there. Don't worry. You know, Anthony was out of the team last night. So there's all these, these elements that you've still got to add in. And it's a squad game at the end of the day. So get your squad going. You can win titles, you win football matches. Man United just have to keep the momentum now. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if you play Everton at Old Trafford, you know. You smash them. Smash them, but don't lose that game. You know, yeah. like, please don't. Like, you know, because that's the kind of yeah. game that can derail you. But it also should be a night off because it's the FA yeah. Cup. So like, go out there and play your football. You know, Charl do your Charlton next Tuesday as well. Exactly. Do your do your best football in these cup competitions by just being relaxed and then you play the Premier League way in the Premier League. So it's all good. United are title contenders because Arsenal have shown you that you can be by getting consistent. Get the consistency right and you're up there. And like you just said, we're only not even halfway into the season. Yeah, we're just about at the halfway point. And now the title and the the the, the league table matters it doesn't matter before christmas it matters now where you are because this is where you're going to be going forward so united just need to keep going and and they are title contenders no doubt people have been saying liverpool are because liverpool exactly. have been there for the last few years and people know that yeah. liverpool can pick it up levels but to me liverpool that they need fixing and i don't think that's going to happen immediately so United are seven points ahead of Liverpool. I've still not committed on this answer yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say I'm going to say no because I think Man City will still win the league. Look, I, I, when we say title contenders, doesn't mean you're going to win the league. It doesn't it? Just means you're in a race. You know, are you okay. racing in a like? There's a finish line that everyone's got to get past, and if you come second, you're still in the race. So are you not going to win let's, the let's title? Do, yeah, I guess yeah, so. Are you yeah. not going to win the title? It's a completely different question. There's no way I'm committing to that. I do not think Man United can win the title. In the same way that some people are still saying, like again, about Arsenal, when we talk about Arsenal a lot, Harry, our producers, an Arsenal fan, seen it all with the football club. You know, they're showing that they're ahead of the race at the moment. There's still people going, 
when are they going to fall off the ledge? Yeah. Because they're, they're Arsenal. And you feel a little bit like that about Man United. And on the flip side, you think, well, surely City will just go and win 12 in a row and go back. Well, no, what if they lose two or three out of that? You just don't know. You know, if they come to Old Trafford, have a bad day at the office and United take them apart. So you just said Liverpool. I think it is important to look at the the other play, the other teams around the contenders. Liverpool definitely need fixing. Liverpool have got problems. And they probably haven't got the massive funds that they need to go and do the job. They've gone and bought Gakpo. I think Gakpo does help them in terms of They need three midfielders for me. But they need a completely new midfield and all now Virgil van Dijk starting to look human. So now that he's a human being, Liverpool have got problems. And and part of van Dijk's allure since the knee injuries and everything that he's had is that he comes back and he just is, is a monster and does the job for them. He now looks a yard slower and is making bad decisions. So they have to fix that. How do you fix that? I don't know. You can't fix that in the short term. You've got to find a way. But Liverpool there, Tottenham have got their own problems. We know that. You know, Son, who was fantastic last year and all the years before, had that uh, injury recent times, just does not look the same player. He scored in different. one game this season. It looks completely different from being an arch goal scorer to now just a passenger. So that takes away a lot from you there. Chelsea. Chelsea get rid of their manager, a manager that won the Champions League. They have new owners. They spend a ton of money and they look rubbish. So Graham Potter's got a long job to do there. So you've got to take advantage of this. When all these teams around you are scrambling and you're settled and feel good, you've got to take the advantage like Arsenal did. Arsenal this year went, we're just going to win all our games and see what happens. And they're top of the league. Whereas this time last year of Arsenal, would you have said that they'd be title contenders? Probably not. You know, you thought they might be in the mix, but they were going the right way, Scott, in their project. I think United are as well. So this is it now. You do need to add pieces. But I think with the Glazer ownership and the Glazers exiting, potentially, you know, they're talking about Q1 in financial terms. So we're talking about between we are now in and Q1. Yeah. We are in now Q1 in now. So now to the end of March, that this is kind of the period that they would like to exit the club or find a significant investor to take the project forward. Because we talk about new stadiums, more transfers, all of that. They're not going to want to pay the big money for players in January because they just want to go. But there is still this thought process that they're not going to miss out on an opportunity simply because they're selling the club because it makes the club more saleable, doesn't it? But there's not a lot out there at the moment. I think United are in a good place. The squad's performing well. But of course, Scott, you lose one game and it's a crisis at Man United. Of course. Uh, So let's move on. That was our bit on if Man United are in the title race. Let us know if you think Man United are in the title race in the comments on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise and MU. So United have lost Martin Dubravka this week. Not a disaster. Shame. Uh, However, uh, (laughs) however, uh, they are looking for a new uh, backup goalkeeper. Understand... uh, I understand Nightman understands that United have basically asked about Sam Johnston and Jack Butland. Mm. Which one can we have? And Jack Butland is the one. So they're investigating that deal. Whether it will come off, don't know at this stage. But I don't see why it wouldn't. Uh, links with Jan Sommer as well from Gladbach and you know a mm-hmm. few other players. David De Gea is doing pretty well. So it's just a case of having an understudy that if one of Tom Heaton or David De Gea goes down, that they're not absolutely stuck for, I think they've got Nathan Bishop as well, but putting him on the bench, knowing that he'd have to be dropped in is a little bit of a risk. So Jack Butland does Premier League experience. Uh, That one, Rob, any comment? 
no, look, I, I think I think Jack Butland, if you if you could bring him in short term as your number two, it just covers that Dubravka hole. And let's be honest, that hole wasn't particularly big anyway. We you know we were not particularly impressed with what he did when he had his opportunities. Um I just think you need to get someone in short term for six months on a relatively cheap deal. Like we just said there about United paying money. They do not want to kind of hemorrhage cash in the next few months because they're trying to dress things up to move the club on to another owner. Um, I'm not saying a, a number two to De Gea is going to break the bank in any, any way, shape or form. Um, but just mention De Gea again. Like it, it, it seems like there's some magical stardust being sprinkled on his form and his feet. And and I just think that like we're in a position now. We've talked a lot, haven't we, about the new sweeper keeper coming in and United spending 60 million. I think now we're looking at it slightly different. It's kind of like, hang on, if Aaron Wambasaka can play football, can David De Gea pass the ball out from the back? And yesterday was like, yes, it's more about consistency. So I don't know now whether Man United are going to go for that big keeper. Did you see at the end of the game yesterday as well? how Ten Hag went straight went to the hair yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all proper big cuddles and walking off together and him kind of coaching De Gea and going this, 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 this. And De Gea nodding like really enthusiastically, yes, boss, yes, boss, yes, boss. Those little tiny things. You think, yeah, actually, this is working. So De Gea might end up with a new contract. Not so, you know, because I think at the end of the day, if this manager is happy with De Gea. It's a kind of easy win for United, isn't it? Not to spend too much money. And then you can just go and get a Butland who just goes and fills the gaps for the next few months. Or maybe even bring him in permanently on a on a nothing. Like, can you get a free transfer for someone like that? I don't know. It's just about trying to make all the bills work. So we've talked about the bottom of the pitch. What about the top? Marcus Turam has been linked with a move to Manchester United over the last few days. Yeah. Is out of contract in a few months' time. Cut price deal. 10, 12 million, I would imagine. Uh, he's being looked at. Jao Felix is the other name on the list, mm-hmm. but that would be a loan deal from Atletico Madrid who spent 126 million euros or 126 million pounds on him a few years ago. And it's not working with Diego Simeone, but he's available. But obviously when you make that kind of outlay in the first place, you want to be compensated if you let him go. That's going to be a hundred million pound permanent deal. No chance of that happening in January. A loan has been suggested. I believe he's owed about six million euros in wages until the end of the season, plus 14, 15 million euros demanded from Atletico Madrid as a loan fee at the moment. If that comes down, maybe, but I don't think I don't think that's a goer for United at the moment. Turan probably more likely, but I'm still in the camp of I don't think they'll do anything. I think there's more chance that they will do nothing at the moment. I said a few weeks ago, especially when we were kind of talking to contacts and one thing or another, that United were making manoeuvres and we're looking at players. They certainly are. There's no doubt that that is still happening. But I, I, I have the same feeling as you, Scott, in the sense that, especially when things are going well, it's kind of easy to do nothing, isn't it? Just sit on your hands for a bit. Let this manager bring these players on. There are still players to come out, like we talked about Sancho. So, you know, what do they say? Oh, he'll be like a new signing. You know, all that rubbish we get all the time in football. Um, But I I think when you look at these two potential deals, you look at the loan of Felix, it's an incredibly expensive deal for for what? Are you bringing in a stone-cold number nine who's going to give you Haaland numbers? No, of course not. That's not really what Felix is. You know, the, a 20, 25 million deal for six months of football. 
people get real. So if United do that, like they do do some shocking stuff sometimes and they catch mm-hmm. us out and we go, oh my God, what, what, where's that come from? It can happen, but probably won't. I think the fact that Turam Jr. is on the market for the price that he is, uh, again, when these things happen, I get people all the time uh, on Twitter going, well, do you, have you even seen him play? Do you know who he is? Well, yeah. He's one of the Bundesliga's kind of hottest forwards in terms of his numbers and what he's done. We've been watching him for a while. And when he got in the French side, there wasn't really a massive surprise about that for the World Cup. And he got two assists out there and actually showed that when he was on the pitch, that he's quick, he's busy, he's skillful, and he, he, he penetrates defences. Like, and that's what you want from the modern forward. Can play left, can play down the middle, he's got kind of Gakpo qualities. He does miss chances as well. Like, you know, Darwin Nunes style, you know, in terms of like, you know, where, oh, look, it's easy to score a goal and it's in row Z. It does happen. But I think when you look at Turam, out of contract uh, next summer, he's going to be one of the hottest free agents next summer if he stays at, at Gladbach. I think overall, the club want a fee. They want to get him out the door because they know that this is their chance to get 10 or 15 million for him. If Man United could get Turam for that price between 10 and 15 million, even 20 million, Scott, do it. He's a good player. He's 25. And he complements what you've got. He gives you different stuff to Ronaldo and he'll give you similar stuff to Gakpo. So you lost out on Gakpo. That's done. Forget about that. It's finished. Can you find a player that can play the channel and help you and play centre forward? People say, why don't you just get a striker? Where, where are these strikers? Where are they? If they're playing well, no one's going to sell their good striker at the moment, are they? But I think Turam is a good complementary piece at a really good price. Let's say, for argument's sake, Rob, United do that deal. Hmm. What happens in the summer with a striker? I think if you do that deal and you bring Turam to the club, and obviously it'll be a long-term deal, won't it? You bring him in, you give him a good wage, you give him a good contract, and you say, right, now you fight for your place like everyone else is then it, it becomes that meritocracy, doesn't it? It's like, what do you do? Then you get to the summer and say, right, what do we need now in the summer? Oh, look, you just won the championship. You won the title. Oh, wow. Well, what, what do we really need now? Oh, you just don't know until that point, do you? So I think that United could do with a, a, a top-class centre-forward, but I do think you still need that versatility in your attack. That's where United are falling down. It's not just about the number nine. It's about the forward line. How does it mesh? So Rashford's giving you supplementation. What if Martial scores 20 goals from here to now, Scott? Are we talking about number nines? I don't know. So bring Turam in now while you can. And while things are going well, dropping in the middle and drop Sancho in the middle. Do that and push your forward line the right way. Then we don't have to have that conversation till the summer. You know, then you might go, do you know what? You need Frankie Dion. That's what you need now. Frankie's available now. Go pay the 70, 80 million for him or go and get another midfielder. And I do think that there are more pressing concerns than a number nine striker out and out role. I think United still look weak in other parts of the pitch. You mentioned it top of the show, Christian Eriksen, kind of filling in in that role, isn't he? And kind of in a in that 4-1-5-4-2-3-1 when United switch, he's playing deeper. He can do it, but wouldn't you be better off getting a player that really can do it? I think that's what you'll be looking at in the summer. And if you're in Turamin and he does really well, you're laughing, aren't you? You say he gets 10 goals from that position this year, 10, 15 goals. Martial scores 10 or 15 goals. You're not suddenly talking about finding a number nine. I'm sure, like, we, like I'm sure we'll be, we will be talking about Man United. Of course we will. Be. 
at some point, United do already have a number nine. We're in the number nine shirt, Nancy Martial. But obviously, uh, there is a need to bulk out the forward line and p- people who can play in that position. We'll be talking about potential new signings in the next few weeks and next few months ahead of the summer transfer window. Because if you, Man United do change ownership in Q1 or whatever it is, and their things go well, then you know that this summer transfer window is going to be a pretty big one. Uh, final word on another striker. Cristiano Ronaldo has signed for Al Nasser, Rob. Mm. Silence. Hay bales mm. blowing across the screen. Vicom so is he going to squ- is he going to break uh, every goal record under the sun? Look, Al Nasser. he'll score a hat trick every week there, won't he? That's just what it is. You know, it's a bad league. He's tried no, to a, sell it. I'm sure we'll be convinced it's a it's a really difficult league. Competitive he, he said, league. "Yeah, he said he's going there to change the 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 mindset." Like, what does that mean? Change the mind. Like the thing is, Cristiano's mindset is not a brand. Yeah, this is the problem: is that all these years people go, "Oh, he's got an elite mindset." Well, he's not the only footballer in the world that's, that 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 turns up and does his job well. But I think we say with Cristiano that he hasn't done his job particularly well in the last six months or a year. Um, this was the deal that we always felt he would do. You know, this, this information goes back months and months, goes back to the end of the Ranić period. The deal was there for him, Saudi Arabia. He didn't want to take it at one point, but it was the only deal. And ultimately, he's gone and taken it because no one wanted him. So I will say up straight here on this show, Cristiano Ronaldo is lying to you in his presses, saying that he had loads of offers. He lied when he did the Piers Morgan show. He has not got loads of offers. Because if he'd got loads of offers, he would not be going to Saudi Arabia. Just no, he wouldn't be. But the money is immense. And he can sell it as much as you want. There's been United fans. Again, Twitter is is what it is, isn't it? People tweeting me going, oh, I'm now... I'm now going to watch Saudi football because of it. They're now really? my favorite. Have you heard that? Yeah, I've had people saying they are now my favorite. I've had tweets people saying they're now my favorite football club, and I'm abandoning Manchester United. I've had plenty of that, and 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 it's utter hogwash and ridiculous. But that is the kind of modern game, isn't it? Is players people follow players, players. around. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go and watch Saudi football, go for it. Go for your life if you're really into that. I don't think any of us will be watching it with any real interest. It's not a particularly good competition there are all other issues around it and I think Cristiano wants to pin the end of his career towards it to this I think it says a lot about Cristiano doesn't it because I think that if he, if he had lowered his demands he might have got a club you know if he'd actually said you know no I'm really up for winning the Champions League like there is this kind of little story going around that because of the connections between the Saudis Newcastle Cristiano that there is some kind of gentleman's agreement there that he could go to Newcastle as in a loan signing next year. I'm up for that. Go to Newcastle. Did you see Eddie Howe? What Eddie Howe said? What did he say in the end? He flat out said no. Yeah, good. Because that's what Eddie Howe mm. should say. But Eddie Howe might get sacked for that. Like we yeah. have seen this. Yeah. Thomas Tuchel said, I don't want Cristiano Ronaldo and lost his job weeks later because he lost a few games. So th- this is the balance of power, isn't it? So I don't think that that is real. Like, I don't think he's going to go to Newcastle. And I think if Newcastle took him on as their number nine. They're not going to win the league. They'll get worse. They'll be out of the top four like Man United were. They'll be sixth and that will be a failure. And then the manager will get sacked. Um, but good luck to Cristiano. He'll always have those early years with United. This period didn't work. It was always a big chance that it wasn't going to work. And Eric Ten Hag won that battle, and rightfully so. And it was to do with football. It's not personality, people. Like, people get funny about it. 
It's not about personality. It's about football. You know, if Cristiano Ronaldo was helping the team, he'd be at Man United. It's as simple as that. He's not helped us for a long time. He scored 25 goals last year, whatever it was, and we came six. People have got to hold on to that. But I do know that some football fans cannot grasp it. Let us know. Uh, yes, we do We do say, uh, obviously, best of luck to Cristiano Ronaldo in his new venture. Uh, we'll see how long he ends up playing on for. Uh, one of the greatest players of all time, did he look happy yesterday, Scott? When you saw the pictures, no, when he, he was out there, or did he look miserable? So here we are. So when he was out on the pitch and they were doing all the ceremonies and all that, yeah, he's doing it for the cameras. And then behind the cameras, like in behind the scenes and all of this, he looked thoroughly depressed to me. That's just my assessment. Is that there glum? We know Cristiano. Everything is written on this face. As media people, we can read him and fans can read him by how he looks. So when he's on a football pitch, you tell when he's happy and when he's not happy. You could see yesterday. Didn't look particularly happy. Just a bit like, yeah, I'm here to. I'm done with Europe. You know, it's like a breakup. I'm done with Europe. We're finished. We're finished. I'm now with my my new beau, Saudi Arabia. Well, okay, cool, Cristiano. Good luck in your career. And uh, and yes, you'll probably score another 300 goals out there. We'll see how it goes, uh, Rob. Thanks for today. We'll be back later this week, uh, probably before the FA Cup game with Everton, which is on a Friday night. Actually, it just surprised me. Uh, but that's what you get with the FA Cup. Uh, Friday night football, right through the weekend into Monday, I believe. You know, I then play Charlton before Man City, which is a big deal. Their next Premier League game is at home to Manchester City. But yes, uh, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes. And watch us usually now, from now on, actually, Tuesdays and Fridays. Watch us on YouTube as well. Hit the like button, subscribe, join the community, leave a comment for us, and the link should be in the description of this episode to that channel if you're listening on an audio platform. And follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at PromiseLandMU for the show. Thank you, Rob. Any final thoughts? Things are good. Stay in these cup competitions. I think what we do know is that Eric Ten Hag's not going to play weakened teams in these matches, which is what we would have seen in the years gone by. I think you'll, you know, you could see Martinez come back. You might see even a stronger team against Everton at home. I think Eric Ten Hag would love a cup at the end of this season, whether you come top four or not. Yes, indeed. We'll see how it goes. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Happy New Year, and we'll see you very soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.